He is a fan of the Mickey Mouse organization. Remember when uh, Wayne Gretzky said that about the Devils? That's one of Wayne's like best quotes ever. I think yeah. that never really got like huge press because yeah. it was a while ago. It was long time yeah. ago. All right, you ready to do this? Yeah, yeah, of course. We're losing. Teamwork, guys. More teamwork. They're burying us alive. Eddie Shore. Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old time hockey. Piss on old time hockey. You're blowing it. And now between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Art and Caleb. Hello, it's Between the Stammers for December 5th. It's a Thursday. Art Aronson alongside Caleb Kirby. The Canucks coming off a 5-2 win over the Ottawa Senators. Alex Burroughs goes to the Ring of Honor. And Caleb Kirby gets into a fight online with the puck daddy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. That's some. I, I, I wouldn't day. say it's a fight. I'd say it's discussion. I, there was no name calling or anything like that. I thought it was pretty civil. All right, I was hoping for something a little more dramatic. Yeah, but yeah, sure, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, that's well, what I do. That's what I do. Um, you love the drama. I do. And, that's, and so you've been walking around for the past three days, being like, "Oh, I'm sick. Wait a second. I don't know if I'm sick. Oh, I might be sick. Ooh, no. am I sick? Ah, and people are like, "What are you? Are you sick or are you not?" No, 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 no. I don't like drama around me. I like the drama of other things. I think you like it both ways. So, no. Putting yeah. words into our, my mouth. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm insinuating. You're insinuating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Canucks came off that uh, road trip since our last podcast. We wondered. Yeah. We want, I guess they were in the middle of the road trip when we did our last pod, but we were like, if they were to survive this road trip. 500, this, right? Yeah, this told us a lot about the team yep. like here we are on the other side of that on the other side now where where, where do you think we are where they went 500 and i i gotta like i mean i was down sick myself a lot for last week's podcast and thanks for rich for filling in mm-hmm. um there was a few things said in that podcast that i don't necessarily agree with oh geez um, drama but <laughs> but uh i'm happy with that result i'm happy with them just holding their heads above water on that roadie Kind of felt like the the next night in Vancouver against Edmonton. We were a little bit due for a letdown because you know the Oilers were going to want to put their foot on the gas. I didn't think they played a bad game on Sunday. I thought they played pretty well. Yeah. And that game could have gone either way. I think actually the Oilers got a little bit lucky there in some instances. But, um, you know. They played really well the night before in, in yeah. Edmonton. The, dude, the Canucks, like, I still. They will believe that this team is going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I fully do. And I think some of the advanced stats don't lie. Like, the goal, the goal differential for this team, the amount of goals they've scored, how red hot the power play is. Like, these are all positive signs to show that I think this team is playoff bound, even with, like, the amount of injuries that they've incurred over the last month, which is pretty substantial, right? And some of these guys aren't slated to come back for a while. The there is one stat though, like yes, they're one of the best power plays in the league, and they're crushing it on the power play. Uh, Such a big part of today's game. It is. It really is. Uh, but they're five on five. Like they're not scoring as many goals five on five. They like twenty seventh and or even strength or something like that. Yeah, twenty seventh, right? Mm-hmm. So does that bother you or is it, oh, is it I, or does it not bother you because they're so good on the power play well, that's the, what i said the power play more than makes up for it right now yeah like i mean they're scoring like a power play goal a game but um like i i think the biggest thing too is with the amount of injuries that we've had over the last month the canucks are still above water in in a lot of these stats and i thought i mean granted it was ottawa um last game was a great indication of like it was nice to see this team do some things really well 5-on-5 five five in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single line scored, right? Um, and then we had a goal from the back end, Fantenberg, who, who stepped in to replace a depleted uh, D-line. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things about that game that gave me a lot of hope mm-hmm. kind of moving forward. And as some of the troops slowly start to make their way back, I think this team is going to be even better. Dude, I'm so glad Roussel came back the way he did. I thought that was just like... That couldn't have been written any better. Right? That was going to be what I was going to say next because we got good news, bad news this week on the injury front with yeah. Michael Furlan going on long-term injury injury reserve, yeah. and then Roussel to come out and you know play. 
uh, on a night that his buddy got uh, honored there. Yeah. Uh, Roussel, what does he bring to this team? Well, I mean, like, dude, if if you're going to go with a third line, Gaudet, Roussel, and Vertanen seems like a pretty good option. Like, they looked very good in that game. Uh, Vertanen had a nice assist on that fan, Fantenberg goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaudet's been at a different level. He's kind of been carrying that second unit power play. Yep. Like, Gaudet can't go anywhere. Like, he's been a bit of a godsend for this depleted team at, at this moment. He's a god. Yeah. Fan. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I kind of didn't even realize I did that, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I mean, it, it's good to see a guy like Tanner Pearson going who I said, you know, when he was struggling there in his, in his kind of cold streak, he I'm like, he's going to get going. Like he's not playing the game badly. The goals are going to come if he keeps playing the way he's playing, which has been great to see. Yeah. He's been, you know, he's been better here of late for sure. And, uh, Sunday, I thought one of the biggest <laughs> reasons we lost that game was because of Louie. Like, against the Oilers. I thought he had a great game on Saturday, and it was funny to see Twitter just be like, I still don't like him. I still don't like him. <laughs> some people were like, you got to give credit where credit is due. He played well. <laughs> and then on Sunday, he gets two penalties, which both leads to lead to goals against, and they it kind of cost him the game. It did, yeah. although they were soft penalties. I'm not, not defending him or anything, but Sounds they were Sounds like you soft. are. No, my days of defending Louis Erickson are long gone. Uh, Art Aronson has Louis Erickson pajamas. <laughs> but 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 you know what? We were tweeted at um, as well, being like, when are you guys going to stop talking about Louis Erickson? You guys need to stop talking about Louis Erickson. The guy's been a story. Like, it, you know, Saturday and Sunday, he was a story. He was one of the main reasons in, in both of those games. So it's like, we can't not talk about the guy if the guy's still in the lineup. If Green decides to pull him out of the lineup, or if he goes off to wherever Derek Pouliot is right now, we'll stop talking about him. Okay, Derek Pouliot came up in discussion with someone else I was talking to, but he is on a team right now, and I would ha- I was watching something, and I can't remember what... It, it was the Blues were playing somebody. Was it Nashville? Yeah, it might have been Nashville or Dallas. Hmm. I can't remember, but Pouliot was, like, on the roster, and the announcer was talking about, like, his offensive upside, and, like, how, like here's a guy who picked in the first round like this could be a really big addition and I was just like hmm just you wait <laughs> it was only like the second game or something that he played and yeah <laughs> it was funny okay sorry that was a side note about Derek Fleet. no 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 it's fine I mean like the Canucks we're just talking about the the overall week but um going back to the Ottawa game yeah. that game had everything I wanted to see out of that team granted it was against the Ottawa Senators but I feel like if the Canucks can string a couple together here moving forward, you know, they have Buffalo, which we're going to on Saturday. We're yep. going to have a great time. Skate jersey night, pumped. And then they have uh, Toronto after that. Like, they have the ability, they have a chance to, you know, string a couple wins here and gain some momentum. That would be nice to see moving forward because I, I really do think they are a better team than their record indicates. Right now, they're in fourth place. Yeah, in the but a couple Civic teams Division. have played a game more. I think yeah. I think it's Edmonton and Vegas who Vegas. played more games. Yeah, yeah. I think they showed at least <clears throat> like they were like they were, you know, a penalty they didn't take away from from getting getting more points against Edmonton. Like maybe even winning that game outright yeah. as well. So like. Yeah, I think I think the Oilers know that the Canucks are, are a pretty good team. They yeah. know that, and they're the, I guess the, the class of the Pacific Division. Yeah, and 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 uh, another thing too is like I mean I thought I thought Demko mm-hmm. was just instrumental in both those games. I thought the Canucks kind of hung them out to dry a little bit in the Ottawa game in that second period. Yeah, um, just because they had that lead and they're sitting back on it, and that's one thing that this team definitely in the Pittsburgh. Game. That's one thing that this team needs to learn, <laughs> right? But that. To me, like a lot, Travis Green has caught a lot of heat about this, right? He caught a lot of heat about it, even dating back to the Washington game. But when you look at how they blew that lead against Pittsburgh, which in reality, they had no business being in that game. And then um, we saw it again uh, on the road trip. Then we get to... um, What's it Ottawa. Ottawa. Or, sorry, yeah, Ottawa uh, or Edmonton. Yeah, yeah Edmonton, Ottawa. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I don't – I know Travis Green is the coach, but really, like, 
these guys are young. They're going to learn this. And, like, this playing with a lead thing is not not necessarily something that this group has done before. And it's better to learn it now while you still have some games left in the season than to be struggling with this, you know, in January, February, in my opinion. Like, this this is growing pains for a young core that I think is going to improve moving forward throughout the year. That's uh, my prediction. Anyways. Okay. Uh, injuries starting to pile up a little bit here. Alex yeah. Edler out. Um, not sure how long that's going to be. Furlan out as well. These are big pieces. Yeah. Now we're getting tested. We're yeah. getting like how like just how deep is are the secondary the players that are coming up to fill yeah. these spots. And, and it's not it's just not the people that are coming in. It's the people that have to take on more minutes. Yeah, now. yeah. And you yeah. still have Sutter and you still have Beagle and you still have Maud out, right? Like yeah. so those this team isn't isn't really all that healthy right now. Um but I think the people who have stepped in for the most part have done a pretty admirable job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Roussel coming back is underrated. Like, that guy can drive a line just with, like, his energy and his play. And I think he's a perfect addition for for uh, a, a line of Gaudet and Jakey, really. Like, he's and, sandpaper, and, man. And, and to me, like, even when Sutter gets back, I don't even think I'd touch that line. Like, I'd be like, Sutter, you're on the fourth. Or Beagle, who is on the fourth, stays on the fourth. I thought Schaller moving to center last game was a really good move. For them too, and McEwen looked good on that line as well. Yeah, McEwen scoring his first goal yeah. in the NHL. That yeah. line had some had some chemistry. Yeah, uh, I mean, when you start thinking about uh, Canucks when they're fully healthy, like this is this could be a mean piece of business. Those those top those top uh, or those bottom two lines. Yeah, when it comes the, to a playoff series, the only thing is is how is Benning going to work it with Cap because the math isn't really adding up. Mm-hmm. Right, so something might have to be moved in order for all of this to to fully work. Well, is Furlan done? Like, is his career over? It might be we'll at see. this point, right? Don't you think? We'll see. I mean, I don't want to assume the the worst, right? But I who, mean, we. Can, I think I think it's safe that we can speculate it's, about it. It's at scary. Least. It's definitely scary. It was yeah. kind of like with Berchi last year. Like we were all super concerned of like how Berchi was going to rebound if he was even going to come back. And I mean, like. With how he came back this season and the way he played, he looked a little tentative out there. So, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Furland. But that's that's costly if that's the way it went down. Yeah. Man, also, like, what the hell? Like, we get we always get players from other teams that we're, we're stoked for. Knock on wood with JT Miller, by the way. Like, huge knock on wood. But it just seems like every time we get a guy, like, he comes here and the first season he plays, he gets injured. And it's like curse of maybe traveling a lot with Vancouver. I don't know what it is. But it seems like, especially the guys that are coming from, like, these Eastern teams that don't do as much travel, the schedule might really affect them as well. I don't know. Mm, so you're That's a theory. The schedule. It's mm. the, uh, schedule and travel, right? Because, yeah. I mean, like... Like, why do like the Canucks, the Van- have the Canucks so many travel injuries? so much more than some of these other teams? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that might be a factor in the injuries. I've always, like... Well, I'm, we've always, and you have on yeah. this podcast, been after our athletic training yeah, staff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I and I still, like, I'm still skeptical of how they operate. I was happy to hear that they at least give, like, ten of more padding in his shin pads this year. I thought that was, like, long overdue, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you got well, to keep gonna these guys... you're going to block all those shots. You got to yeah. keep these guys on the ice. Yeah. But... Yeah, I don't know, man. Have you been happy with what Travis Green has been doing with lines here with all these injuries coming in and trying and you know, with the team struggling a little bit too here and there because he's had to make changes to get get the team going. I am, I am, and I don't think like I said before, I don't think he's getting a fair shake by like some of the, the fans right now with with what he's he's done with this team yeah. with the injuries and also like he can't he can't go out there and present prevent the team from blowing the lead. Mm-hmm. And I know his co it, it it comes down to his coaching, but like these guys, this is this is guys who are in this situation and it's in their head and they're like, man, we can't blow this. Everybody tightens up. You know? And instead of skating the puck out or waiting for guys to come back and skate the puck out with some numbers so you have some semblance of possession, guys are panicking and they're dumping it down and they're not getting it in deep enough or they're not maintaining possession enough for the other team to constantly be on the attack. And when you're chasing the game, when the other team's on the attack, you slow down, you're going to make mistakes. And the panic level goes up, right? And that's what you—that's what I've seen from this team is, is that they just start panicking more and more and more 
especially when the lead starts evaporating. They're just like getting more concerned about just getting the puck down the ice rather than playing in a system where they can maintain possession and skate the puck out themselves. Mm-hmm. But I, like I said, it's better for this issue to rear its ugly head now than later on in the season. They're still very much in contention for, for a playoff push here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I, You know, we've seen teams just just, uh, just not be able to um, pull things out when it matters most. Like, I don't, I, know, I don't know how many times we've seen, and we've seen it in the playoffs. We've seen... We've seen teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs, like because right? just you can tell, you can tell when a team is like they're gripping the stick, they're, they're they just they know they're going to lose, except and then they don't lose or they do lose. Uh, I just you can see a little bit of that of that in this team. I think you can see that, and it's and it's happening during the regular season, which is nice. I think I think that's kind of an if you want to spin it in a possible uh, in a positive way here. Yeah, I mean as long as that they learn from it, yeah, right? they're learning some lessons here. Yeah, yeah. Because it's really tight. Everything is really tight in the NHL with so much parity. Like every, really every game really matters in the regular season. And it's only going to ramp up more too, right? Like the Canucks kind of felt like they were in this position last year just in the standings wise. Mm -hmm. But I just think this team this year is much better. Like they're producing more. They have a great power play. Uh, The defense hasn't been as porous as last year with just like major gaffes. We've still seen some gaps. Tyler Myers last month, I thought, struggled mightily, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he might struggle more now if Alex Edler has to take yeah. in more time out, right? Because that just means he's going to have more minutes. Yeah, but um, I think this team is all around just a better team. And, and when things really ramp up, we're going to see how they manage with it. But I think they might be able to handle this this load yeah, a little and, bit better. And, I mean, the power play is so good right now, and the biggest – I mean, one of the biggest differences, Quinn Hughes at that point there. Yeah, absolutely. What, what do you think his chances are of winning the uh, Rookie of the Year? I know he's going against a dynamo there in Kale McCarthy. I think they're huge. Yeah. I think I think he's got just as good of a chance to win it. Yeah. Right? It all, like, remember that race between um, Besser and... Uh, uh, Barzell. Barzell. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that right now. Yeah. Where, like, Besser was the front runner right now, and then... He ended up getting hurt, but Barzell just didn't stop, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I I know they're both forwards, but just respectively, like, the, that mm-hmm. was the conversation. That seems like Makar and Quinn are the conversation this year, and we'll just kind of see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Saw a sweet stat there that Elias Pettersson is, like, he has, uh, it was it was his point total compared to Nico Heischer. Sorry, I have to find it. I wish I had it here. It's all right. My mind is not so good right now. But it was something like he had like he had more points than uh, he sure or whatever in seventy six less games or something like that from yeah. that draft class. Yeah, some something of that sort. But anyways, we're doing well with these uh, first round draft picks of late. So. I think he's got like ninety eight and a hundred. Yeah, ninety eight and a hundred. Yeah, yeah, that's so, pretty good. I saw some. Some questions out there on Twitter, like, what does he have? What does he get in the next hundred? Right. Right. You know. So. So that's, I mean, great on PD, and like his supporting cast is better. Miller's been such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. For this team, he does so much right. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that that sh- that can't be lost in what's going on for the Canucks right now. That their that their young stars are playing so well at this stage in their careers well what did you say at the beginning of the season you thought that this team could make the playoffs if their best stars were over 70 points yeah right yeah these guys are pacing for that they're all on pace for that can they keep that up that's the question yeah so i mean i like i I thought you that point and when you said it at that time i was like oh man that's risky like but it it looks like it's coming to fruition so well it also has to do with how good their power yeah play is good too. for you for yeah. um good for you for um making that point early on yeah uh alex burrows yes ring of honor yes uh you're on board with that oh i loved it we're all on board with that. yeah yeah Clip you know it. what it made me think though Okay. You know what it made me think. You know what it made me think. I have an idea of what it made me think. Yeah, that whole era. Yeah. Twins in the rafters, I'm fine with with what we're doing. Yeah. Alex Burrow's in the ring. Yeah. Who else is in that ring, right? Ryan Kessler. Mm. I mean, Mm. if you put 
Burroughs in there, you're going to have to put Kessler in there, I think. I kind of feel like you might have to. I know there's a lot of people who won't want to. I know. Yeah. Because of the way he left. Yeah. The way, you know, some of those rumors of some of the things that were going on yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he was a huge part of that team. I think, I, and if I had my way, and we've had our, this conversation on this podcast already, that we're both, we're both okay with that. Yeah, I kind of think you gotta. Yeah. Um, it's like Roberto Luongo for me. I think he's a Ring of Honor guy. Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know some people are like quick to throw him up there on the, on the. Uh, yeah. On the old. Uh, in the rafters. In the rafters, but I kind of feel like uh, Ring of Honor would be nice. I like the Ring of Honor. I do too, and I I think like what those guys really personify that team, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, you go back. Alex Edler's going to be in the Ring of Honor. Is he not? He's, he'll end up in the Ring of Honor. Plays, he's going to play his whole career as a Canuck. He's going to be the guy from that era, from the back end, who's going to be in the Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And I think that's, that's a fine honor for him, for what he did. And I think he deserves it. Do right? you, and this is something, we're going to, we got a poll question here from uh, our Vancouver contributor. Uh, Rich Brown, and it has to do with the Ring of Honor. But I want to ask you before I get into that. Okay. Do you think the Canucks would have been served better? Or us fans, the whole franchise, would have been served better if the Canucks did the hard thing and put Pavel Bure and Marcus Naslund in the Ring of Honor instead of putting their names in the rafters? Do you think Smeal and Linden deserve to be there? Maybe if not. you're gonna if you're yeah. gonna pull Nazi and Bure out of there, do you think Smeal and Linden deserve to be there? Maybe okay. Maybe you're right there. Maybe maybe that decision had already been made when they had put Smeal and Linden in there. I kind of feel like that's where it starts. Yeah. Right. Now, like, and no offense to any of those players. Those players are all fantastic. Trevor Linden is part of a code I use basically for everything. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I I kind of agree with you. Just. Like, Sedin's to me are a no-brainer. Yeah. Maybe they're the only ones but, that should have their numbers But I kind of feel like maybe factors. they should be the only ones until this team starts winning some cups here. I mean, let's be honest. It's been 50 yeah. fucking years, so yeah. pick up the slack, boys. Yeah. I don't know. It's I think it's a worthy conversation. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a worthy conversation. And I love all those players, obviously, but when you look at other people's, you know, roster um, – other people's uh, rafters, rafters and rings. Yeah. They're, you know, it's kind of like the Hall of Fame. It's like, yeah. it's, the well, hall, we, it's the Hall of Great. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not the Hall of Good. <laughs> well, you got to be celebrating something, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Right? It's the 50th that's season. That's the 50th season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does is, what is Buffalo's rings LaFontaine. Rafters look like? I think Dominic Hasek and LaFontaine and Pat LaFontaine are on there. And that's it? I think so, yeah. Because, I mean, that to me works right LaFontaine yeah. should definitely be in there and yeah. and you think they'll put Ryan Miller up there maybe they should maybe should put uh what's his name up there uh Drew Stafford <laughs> <laughs> Al- Alexander McGillney yeah McGillney's not a bad right? well I don't know if he played there long enough though yeah yeah I don't know that's a good question yeah but good yeah. poll question yeah, okay so yeah here's the poll question from uh uh, contributor Rich Brown, who uh, unfortunately couldn't make this podcast. We're thinking about you, buddy. Uh, his question is, and I'll post it on the Between the Stammers, Between the S on Twitter. Who is the next Canuck that you want to see inducted to the Ring of Honor? This is notable by absence. Uh, Kevin Bieksa. Nope. Todd Bertuzzi. Yep. Yurke Lume. Yep. Cliff Ronning. He gives so he gives us four four options there. Yeah, Kessler's absent, hey. So is uh, Roberto Luongo. Yeah, meaning maybe he thinks that Roberto Luongo should be in the rafters, and uh, well, we'll Bert, see how he feels Bert, about Kessler. Bert to me is a no brainer, like a hundred percent. And nothing against Biaxa. I think Biaxa was a heck of a Canuck and just a really fun player. And I'm loving what he's doing on Hockey Night in Canada. But um, from that from that era. If we are throwing a D-man in there, Edler, to me, over over uh, BX and once his career is over. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, Fuck Edler. Damn you, 
I know. I'm, you, you, you struggle with it, don't you, Art? <laughs> I know. It's just me, though. Um, one thing I wanted to really mention uh, about Burroughs Night was mm-hmm, yeah. how good were the fans that night? Okay. Like, they were rocking. Yeah, they were chanting Burroughs yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it was good. And, and, like, the energy throughout that entire game, like, something was going on in there. It's true, and I think Roussel really helped. Yeah. Right, well, his reaction. that goal early. Yeah, uh, his reaction. reaction but yeah. like, man, yeah. that building was going, and I was yeah. just like, man, I haven't heard it go off like this in a while. And the reason why I bring that up is because earlier on this week, you were sending me YouTube videos. Yeah, I tend to do that when when Art and I are supposed to be working, <laughs> we're watching old Canucks YouTube videos, and he sent me one of um, '94 Game Three of the Western Conference Final in the Pacific Coliseum. Yeah. And uh, so the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Vancouver Canucks, and like that building was going off. Yeah, like it was so loud when Burray scores that goal after they kill that uh, five on three penalty off, mm-hmm. and then Burray gets that puck and he scores. That it, like if you haven't seen this video or if you don't remember this or if you weren't alive for this, Google uh, Google this YouTube it now. Yeah, like. That is how loud a barn should be, and yeah. it is crazy good. And it just made me like fondly look back at you had a great response to this email. He's like, Where, What has Vancouver become? Yeah, I, I was just kind of wondering what we have become. And like, man, like Pacific Coliseum, not really that good of a building, building, but like for hockey and hockey moments, it was magical. I remember like going to my first hockey game in that building, loving life, and just like it gets so. Loud in there. Yeah. And uh, that is a perfect example of, like, a Vancouver crowd. And I, I feel like as Canucks fans at games, we've become a little more subdued. And I think that's might just be because of our – we have more distractions than we ever have. A lot of people are on their phones. They're yeah. taking selfies. They're doing that. They're doing this. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. But I thought on Burroughs' night, like – just how the crowd sounded and everything that that to me is like the best part of a hockey game is when everybody's into it and everybody's feeling it and I really really like that about that that Burroughs game yeah that was yeah and but back to the video you're showing yeah the, the whole like the Canucks in the white unis oh. too which was like matching the white towels yeah it was just there was something going on. McLean's mask too, yeah. with that big white V in it. How it looked with that with that white home uni, dude. Like the Gary Glitter Rock and Roll Part Two. I know they can't play that anymore because that guy did a whole bunch of unspeakable <laughs> things. But like, I don't know. They like just even the way ESPN, like yeah. ESPN doing hockey, which doesn't happen anymore. Even the way, even the way ESPN teed that matchup off. I was just like, man, this is just everything about this is clicking. And it and made me super excited just to watch that video. So thank you for sending me that. But like Canuck Nation, let's let's sort it out here. Let's get a little bit louder. Let's start to vibe in these moments. It's the 50th anniversary of this team. Yeah. You know, what are we doing? Let's make this atmosphere better for ourselves. Get off your ass and cheer, right? This team we have in front of us is insane. Like there's so much skill here and they're, they're fun. fun to watch. They're fun. I I, I also wonder, and because we have talked about this at length, this, we're not the only ones that talk about the bad atmosphere at Rogers Arena. Is it Rogers Arena in the way it's set up as well? Like it, like you said, the 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 Pacific Coliseum was kind of cavernous, you know, yeah. like a kind of like a cave, and everything kind of just everything just funneled down. I, I feel like maybe Rogers Arena is just not as conducive. But I've had other people tell me that oh, the patrons at Rogers Arena are like telling people to shut up and stuff and sit down and be less rowdy and stuff like that. So is it a is I've, it a combination of things I've or what is it? I've definitely been told to sit down. Yeah, like going to games, and I kind of get it. Right. But at the same time, like we're at a hockey game. As long as I'm not swearing my head off in front of a whole bunch of kids, spilling beer on people, being a complete Yahoo, you know, like that's why we go to these things is to cheer our team on. Mm-hmm. And there's a way you can do that that builds energy in that building and that's exciting and contagious for other people around you to start doing the same thing that doesn't come across as being, you know, brash or being a dick. Right. And uh, I think sometimes because of, you know, the distractions that we have nowadays or because of people might feel like 
people might be tentative to do that because they worry about the other people around them. Like, I, I just think we need to be better as, as hockey fans. All right. There you go. I mean, especially like, you know, you look at 2011 and what happened after the game, but in the, in the building, like we were pretty good. We were loud and proud and all that sort of stuff. And, and we're at a point now, I think, with this hockey team where we can get back to that without doing damage anywhere else. So I just posted that uh, poll question from Rich Brown. Which Canuck do you want to see next in the Ring of Honor? Kevin Bieksa, Todd Bertuzzi, Yurke Lume, Cliff Ronning. He gave us four, gave us four uh, <coughs> answers there. Not... Ryan Kessler. And by the way, if you have one that isn't in that list, please mm. let him know. Yeah. Tell him he's doing a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kidding, you Rich. Should. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, Ring of Honor night, uh, Ottawa. The Canucks next play against the uh, Buffalo Sabres on Saturday. Uh, you're right. This team needs to go on a bit of a heater. If they, I feel like if they really want to make the playoffs, let's let's have a little run here. Yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah. And this is this this is the month to do it. Like, they have a crap load of home games in this month. Yeah. So I think this, this, could, be, this could be a good month. After, let's be honest, November was not that good. No. In fact, it was pretty awful. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, one other thing I wanted to point out um, about the Canucks, uh, Oscar Fattenberg, because that was the first game that he played for, for the Canucks. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think he brings to the Canucks? Like, is he just... Is he a guy that is going to, you know, shore up minutes on the bottom? I think That's he's it. completely he serviceable in what he does. Who knows? He might be able to bring more. He's still yeah. relatively kind of an unknown younger guy. Yeah, because I don't really I know mean, much about him. If if he's able to do more than Jamie Ben, I'm happy. If he does what Jamie Ben does, I'm happy. So I'm just starting to get to know Jamie Ben. I feel, as a hockey player. Yeah. And I noticed that, like, He's not afraid to take that shot, which everybody knows is not going in. Yeah. Like, everybody knows that's <laughs> not going in. He'll, it's just the most telegraphed shot of all time. The, I feel like the defenders let, let him do it because they know he's not going to score from there. Uh, but, like, I still like that he makes the simple play. That's yeah. what I like about Jordy Ben, and that's what I've noticed most about him. Um, yeah, I mean, as long as – did I call him Jamie? Or was I calling him Jordy? Uh, Jordy. Yeah, I think call him Jordy. I, I, I don't know. If I call him Jamie, I apologize. Yeah. Um, anyways, Jordy, like, I, I like how he plays the game, and I like that he has a pretty physical edge to his game. I don't think Oscar Fattenberg is going to bring you that. Um, but I think he might have a little more offensive upside than a guy like Ben. Yeah. 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 Better, than, better this guy coming in, you know, than friggin' Derek Pouliot. You yeah. know, it's just... This team is just so much stronger. And you know what? There's some guys in Utica that are making, you know, a case for themselves. I know Chatfield's up right now, but, like, Brogan Rafferty, he's having a rookie campaign in Utica, and he's playing well. They're loving him. You know, he's he's 24 years old, so he's not really a rookie, but, I mean, he came out of college. Canucks took a flyer on him last year, and he's he's doing well in that environment. Yule Levy, who Rich touched on last week, potentially calling him a bust. Yep. I'm gonna say I don't agree with that. I know he ha- he he has lost valuable developmental time, but I think developmental time can continue on for him. He's still very young. Okay. That's one thing that I just like. I think U Levy still has the potential to be you know a top four guy. You do. I don't think that. he's gonna be in your bottom six, and I don't think he's gonna be waiting in the wings for too long. Once he makes the jump, I think he'll be a good player. The only thing with him now, though, is is he healthy enough? Is he to healthy do it? enough? He, but I think that Utica treated him the right way with this hip issue, and um, they've already announced that he's coming back. So that's that's good news for yeah. the Comets and for you, Levy. Oh, they finally admitted that it was a hip injury, huh? Well, yeah, hip issue. Hip issue. Yeah. Hip issue. You know. And, oh, that was the other thing, too, was you guys were talking about last week, and I just thought of this. Um, you were talking about Elaine Vigneault and how he doesn't disclose injuries, right? Right, because he and, was, because he was, because we were calling him the media savant there. Yeah, for a the while. media savant. Yeah, and you were going into all this stuff and you know, lower body and all, all these types of things. Mm-hmm. The reason why they don't do that is value, player value. 
right, on the open market. Right. They don't disclose injuries, specific injuries, especially with a guy like maybe Ryan and Sutter, right, mm-hmm. where he's had groin issues that we know. Yeah. But, I mean, if you go and you go through a player's in- injury history and it's like groin, 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 rather than lower body, something a little more cryptic, that tanks their value on the trade market. You right? don't other think teams other kinda, teams know other that? Other teams kind of look at No, it's it's a little bit of gamesmanship to retain value for players on the market. Yeah. So that's why they don't always disclose it, right? People are constantly looking. Scouts and everybody are constantly looking. Like, scouts are at every professional game yeah. scouting other players on other teams. So when they hear about these things, teams want to try and lock this up so it's a little cri- more cryptic so players have that value. Okay, I get that, but I think if they really want to know, like the player's real injury, there's this. Hey man, they can find it. You got to sell them your lemons, right? <laughs> you got a couple lemons there. You got to sell them off and say, oh yeah, he's had a couple lower body injuries, but it's nothing that's nagging. It's nothing that's repeated, right? Yeah. Even though like the media is so thirsty for this stuff, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are thirsty, and now that you have. Uh, Twitter and instant messages, and it's very hard to keep things away, as Mark Crawford is finding out right now. Yeah. Uh, so there is something that's going on in the rest of the NHL, kind of moving off from Canucks talk right here. But we talked a little bit about um, Bill Peters and Mike Babcock last week, and now it's Mark Crawford who finds himself under fire. Now, we know Mark Crawford's a fiery motherfucker. We know that. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you ever know that during his time as a coach for the Canucks or even as for the Colorado Avalanche or the LA Kings that he was like physically abusing players? Did did that ever come out ever? No. Back in the, that never came out. Nothing no. ever came out about that, right? But now players are jumping up and saying that, uh, you know, he like kicked them or whatever, or, um, physically abused them, which isn't. You shouldn't be able. You no, shouldn't you can't, do that you can't, at a place. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah but but it basically, the conversation has come up about. Someone asked me this uh, week, like, what's what's the big deal about uh, Peters and Babcock and everything? I'm and I and I said that on the heels of Don Cherry, the hockey culture is under is a little bit under attack right now. Is it not? It is. Yeah. That's what the big deal but is. But, like, here. here's my issue with this, is this yeah. term hockey culture, yeah. you know, because, I mean, it's just like, oh, that's hockey culture. Chalk it up to hockey culture. And it's like, what's hockey culture? All these negative things that are coming out, this is what we're calling hockey culture? Or a player maybe making a statement and recanting it, you know, that's hockey culture because of a fear or because, like, they need to be a man? It's, like, I, I specifically... Talk, talking about Crawford, you know, Sopel had said some things on Spit and Chicklets. Sean Avery had said some things. When they were pressed for comments, they're like, no, we don't want to comment on this any further. As a matter of fact, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And then, like, hmm. media was like, okay, well, this is hockey culture. They're protecting them and all this sort of stuff. And it's like... This is why I, people don't talk candidly either. It's like, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's also like, okay... I guess, but not everything's black and white, right? Like, this life has nuance. There's a lot of gray area in all of this sort of stuff. And and when I see people take a side on either one side of this or the other side being like, no, 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 or yes, 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 I'm like, ah, it's probably somewhere in between, you know? But to chalk up all these negative things to just a blanket statement of this is hockey culture, like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really get that. You know, when when someone tells you, someone gives you that phrase, hockey culture. What do you think of? Like, what do you think of? Because I know what I think of. What I think of, you know, blood, guts, teamwork, um, going out there when you're injured, playing hurt uh, for the good of the team. Uh, I understand that there's also the 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 side. There's also the negative side, which I don't think is not. I don't think is it's not just hockey, right? There's the the bad mouthing, the trash talking in the back. There's, um, which is could be talked about as a little bit of you know sports and team camaraderie that you know that sort of stuff in the back. Like like I don't, I don't want to say bully attitude, but I, I feel like that exists. Man, right? there's no denying that like bullying exists within the game and outside of the game. Like, it it does. But, I mean, I think 
you know, we've heard of all these cultures lately, right? Like you've, yeah. you've heard of woke culture, PC culture running rampant, and all these people are using whatever word they want and tacking culture on it to create like a, a negative connotation, mm-hmm. right? And I don't necessarily think that like when people are bringing things up, as relevant as they may be, I'm fine with Crawford being un- under investigation, right? But for somebody just being like, oh, uh, Sopel and Avery kind of going back on what they said, that's totally hockey culture. I'm like, no, it's not. It's them, you know, who, who've told stories and when they're, they're being pressed on it, they're like, hey, man, leave me alone. This isn't that big of a deal. It's fine. I don't really want to take this any further. I don't want to talk about it. And that is completely up to them. They have that right. It's their story, you know. So for people to lambaste them or go after them because they're not saying anything more on a matter, that that to me, like, I don't chalk that up to hockey culture. I just chalk that up to being like, yeah, I don't want to ruin a guy's career. I don't want to be, you know, that fire that got this guy in extra trouble when to me, really, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. I could be wrong. Like, I, I could be way off base on this. But I mean, I think the point that people might be making up is there are things that go on behind the scenes in hockey, in the locker room, in <clears throat> on the bench, during the games that people would be like, man, if that happened anywhere else, it wouldn't be okay. But because you're a hockey player, it's it's fine. But I mean, right? It's, but it's not fine, right? Because yeah. a guy like Crawford is still under investigation for this. But that it's just, just came It's just where now. people are trying to find these stories and they're going to certain people and people saying, I don't want to talk more about this. Those people shouldn't be chastised for that. Yeah, of course. That's up to them. Yeah. But that's what I'm seeing, right? Like yeah. I see that um, happening on Twitter and stuff. And it's just, you know, if, if a person doesn't want to speak on an issue more so, then it's totally up to them. Well, if you haven't checked out Caleb Kirby, he says he's been having a little bit of disagreement with uh, the Puck Daddy. Great writer for uh, ESPN. Yeah, fantastic writer. Yeah. Uh, and I think, and this, I'm not going to try and put words in his mouth or your mouth, but when I was reading a little bit, I think what he was trying to, I don't think he was necessarily trying to chastise those players. He was just saying that this seems like what a hockey player would do. I know. I just thought the way he went about it was kind of insulting to a guy like like Brent Sopel specifically. Like, that's right. where this came from, you know? And I, and And then I was just like, man... It's his story. It's what he chose to say. And if he is fine with not moving it any more forward, nobody should chastise him for picking to do that. Mm. Right? Yeah, like I said, life has nuance. It's not just black and white. Crawford, he's under an investigation. So he's obviously where there's smoke, there's fire in a lot of cases. Right? So let that happen. Let that play out. We'll see what happens. Mm. Right? Peters was the same thing. Peters ended up losing his job. And from the sounds of it, from all the reports that came out, for very for good, good reason. reason. Yeah. So, well, I think that, that's kind of all I have to say yeah, really about yeah. this is yeah. is. But now there's like a witch hunt kind of going on. Like how like how much of this is going on? I don't want to say witch hunt. Maybe that's the wrong phrase. But people were like, just how rampant is this in hockey? And that's why it was a big deal talking about hockey culture. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, like if you want to talk cultures, we have this online culture or Twitter Twitter culture of jumping to conclusions from little snippets of what we're seeing when we don't know the whole story and picking a side, you know? And I don't think that's necessarily right either. Like, shit's complicated out there, man. And, and it's weird now. It's It just feels like you're either on this side or you're either on that side. And okay. especially in hockey, when we're not privy to a lot of the stuff, especially that goes on in, in, in locker rooms and everything else. And I'm not trying to marginalize anybody that has had something like this happen to them. It's bad. You know, I've seen coaches swear in my own hockey experience and kind of go after kids in ways where I've been like, well, that's excessive, you know. But um, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's you can excuse it because it's wrong. And if you see something like that and you feel like you should speak up, absolutely speak up. But um, it, it's a good conversation for this sport to have. But if somebody, you know, changes their mind or recants something, I don't think that those people should necessarily be chastised either. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, fair enough, dude. Uh, let's move on to just a couple other quick hockey notes I wanted to point out there. Uh, Nathan McKinnon's going to be a free agent here pretty soon. Yeah. And he 
was on record, I guess, saying today or sometime at some point this week that he would take less to win with this team. Yeah. Like that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It's kind of like what his what his boy did too, eh, with the Penguins, Sid. You know, yeah. Sid didn't go after the big contract. He was kind of kind of loyal to the team too. Yeah. He didn't take something big that was going to hurt his team down the line. It's also really trusting though that, you know, you would trust if you think about it as a business person, because that's what you have to think of yourself as when you're a player, you're a business person. Yeah. Um, you, you're really trusting the team that they're going in the right direction and they're going to make the right moves with that money. It's it's business, but it's also how happy you are in your situation. Sure. Right? And I think that's a big thing. And and people who put that happiness um, kind of elevated over money, I, I got no issue with that. Yeah. I, I, like if Nathan McKinnon likes where he is, he likes his team, he likes living in – uh, Denver, all of those things are big pluses for him, then why not, right? Yeah. Uh, other thing I wanted to know, just just like how strong the East is right now, like some of these teams in the East. like, Do you think that's strength of the East or weakness of the East? I think it's strength because okay. I think players, I think teams like, uh, I think teams like, uh, like Pittsburgh, they're not they're not like a solid team. They're not mm-hmm. a, not really solid, but they're like they're pushed out. They're being pushed out by really good teams. They're not terrible. They're not like Pittsburgh's not a terrible team. Yeah, but they're being pushed out because some of these other teams are so good. Like t- teams like Boston and New York, the Islanders. I still think it's fairly. I still think it's fairly even. If anything, I think the level of competition in the West is better than a lot of people thought it would be. Don't forget, the West won the Stanley Cup last year, and it's yeah, the true. West is super close, right? Yeah. I mean, like, the Blues have been on an absolute rip to get to where they got. Um, I think the Pacific is better than anybody ever thought it would be, right? Pacific for sure, yeah. And it, I mean, with Edmonton being so good. It's very combative, like, and and in the we see in the East, there's some teams out there that just aren't ready. Like, I think Columbus lost too many players. They're kind of hurting. New York Rangers to me are a team that still need a few pieces. Detroit is, but what about teams like Washington and Boston that are just crushing, and the Islanders? Right but I now? feel like those teams are beating up on those sh- on those bad teams. You think so? Yeah. yeah. Mm. All right. What about Toronto being not that great? Are they? What? I'm really surprised by this. I yeah. thought they were going to be. I thought their offensive output was going to far outweigh their deficiencies. Yeah. Um. But. I'm glad I'm wrong because I don't like the Maple Leafs. <laughs> I always, I just didn't think they had the sandpaper, and that's what I've been saying yeah. since the start. Yeah. And but yeah, I mean, they're. Here's a question for you now. Now, now we've had a few year, a few seasons here. We're or we're into a season of Patterson here in our second season. Who would you rather have, Austin Matthews or Elias Patterson? Well, Petey, right now. Yeah. I mean, we had, remember, but I feel like we had this conversation last last year. I, I, and, and you know what? Even if, even for his character, and I'm not attacking Matthews, but I just like Petey's character. Yeah, I do too. I, I just like everything about him. He's just a consummate pro. He's very caring, you can tell, and he's yeah. very involved in Vancouver already. He's already doing the right things to... I feel to, like he gets to make this city take a huge shining to him. He gets that he gets outside it. of the game. He gets it, right? Yeah. yeah. Which, not not every player gets that. Yeah, and he gets it. So, I I think that's massive. Like yeah. just from a character uh, standpoint, I I think I'd rather have PD. Yeah, and I think Brock and Hughes and all and I Horvath, think they all kind of they, they do all yeah. kind of get it, which is like this is sweet, man. Like it's yeah. exciting to have all these young players get it. Um, and I think for Tannen's coming around with it too. You know, like he's he's. He's been a project, like, let's be honest. But, like, even this season, like, I, I just feel like he's happier when he's out on the ice and he's playing well. He's great in interviews these days. And I don't, I'm, I really like this team right now. Taylor Hall. Oh, yeah, okay, there's another thing in the NHL that we haven't John talked John Hines getting fired. Yeah, so John Hines gets fired. The, the Devils can't beat anybody. They're allowing five Except plus for the goals. Canucks. They can beat the Canucks. The only team they can beat. <laughs> Their goalies can't stop beach balls. None yeah. of them. None yeah. of them. Blackwood, uh, Deming, and they they, they waved Corey Schneider. Yeah. I mean, this, this team, what is going on there? And they were they were expected to make the playoffs and be a contender this year, right? Yeah. 
Uh, so and now Taylor Hall wants out. Is that is that yeah. is that is that what we we know, or is that just rumor? So no, that's it's Taylor Hall wants out, and to me that's very interesting and also a bit of a red flag if I'm a if I'm a team going after him. Going after him, I agree. Right? I'm. I mean, I uh, for a long time there, I was kind of like, what are the Oilers doing? Right? And. Hall went and won that MVP just a couple of years ago with that team. With New Jersey, With yeah. New Jersey. But I'm just like, what Like, what type of player just wants out after after that? He wins MVP. The next year, he gets hurt. But at, yeah. before that, he was playing really well. And then this year, they're struggling, and now he already wants out. Yeah. it's. I don't know what the story is there, but there's got to be more to it. And I don't know if that's partly just him being, like, maybe he's panicking, right? Because, I mean, he did play for Edmonton who's touted to be good for so long, and they went on that horrible streak, and he just, maybe there's something that he sees there with this Devils team that he's like, I don't want to be a part of this because this this is deja vu for me. Yeah. But I think it's a red flag. Like, if if I'm going after this player, I'm, you know, I'm like, well, is he going to stick it out with us? Or when the going gets tough, well, what's going to happen? Yeah. Right? There's some rumors about where he would go, where he'd fit. Yeah, people are saying back to Edmonton, which I think is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's going back there. I don't think he would go back there. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear Montreal because of what's going on with them right now. They're in a bad slump. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with them. Yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Yeah. Um, I think he's only he's still 28, right? He's still pretty young. I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 28 is like prime of your career. Yeah, prime of your career. Really. Yeah. Okay. 27, 28. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all I had, man. Sorry, I'm a little sick today. Not, it's uh, all right. Not pulling. Not uh, not on my A game. That's fine. Yeah, that's good. I'm excited to have uh, Rich Brown in, hopefully, for the next podcast. Yeah. All three of us can have nice, healthy debates. Yeah, it's my fault that we don't have Rich on this It's one, not your I gotta fault. Go, I gotta don't go beat bed yourself early. up. I gotta go to bed early don't tonight. Don't beat yourself up about it. You're fine. <laughs> You're a good human being. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Caleb Kirby, where can we find you on the internet? At Kirbman23 on Twitter. You can reach us at Between the S on Twitter. If you want to email us, Between the Stammers at gmail.com. Art- at Art Aronson. Yeah, at Art Aronson. And uh, let's see if we got any... Let's, uh, let's see here. Let's see... Uh... We got to take part in our poll question, right? Which Canuck do you want to see next in the Ring of Honor? Kevin Bieksa, Todd Vertuzzi, Yurke Loomer, Cliff Ronning. And be sure to chirp it if you feel like someone else should be there, right? Because um, Rich Brown needs the feedback, right? He lives on feedback. He lives on feedback. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. All right.